A Mouthful of Air, a poetry podcast with Mark McGuinness. How I Hold the World in This Climate Emergency by Kath Drake Sometimes I hold world in one hand, my life in the other, and I get cricks in my neck as the balance keeps swinging, I walk uneasily. Sometimes I am bent over with the sheer weight of world, eyes downcast, picking up useful things from the ground. Sometimes one shoulder is pulling toward an ear as if it's trying to block the ear from hearing, but can't reach. Sometimes my body is a crash mat for world. I want to say I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but don't say it aloud. I'm privileged, so I should be able to do something. Sometimes I lie on my side and grasp world like a cushion. I'm soft and young and don't feel I can change anything. I nudge world with affection, whispering, I know, I know. Sometimes I build a cubby from blankets thrown across furniture. There's only inside, no outside. When I was a child, world was a small dome, and change came summer by summer. Sometimes I make a simple frame with my arms to look at world. I'm not involved directly. It carries on without me. This way, I can still love the sky, its patterns of clouds and contrails. Sometimes I'm chasing world through the woods, bursting with hope and adrenaline. Oh God, am I running? I want to keep moving. My mouth is full of fire. Some days I like bread and milk. I just get on with pouring and buttering. I want the little things to be what matters most again. Sometimes I hold little. I'm limp and ill. Days barely exist. It's enough to make soup. Kath, where did this poem come from? Well, I guess it came from many years. I mean, I have a background as an environmental scientist from Australia. I've been an environmental writer there for a decade. And climate anxiety was something that was really getting stronger and stronger and a sense of powerlessness, I guess. And the book, The Shaking City, was very much about I guess the shaking is about change. It's about um, 
how we deal with change both personally and in the bigger picture politically and in the world. And I was wanting to write something about this climate change anxiety that I was really struggling with and I think a lot of people do struggle with. It feels really disappointing. Dis- disabling, I suppose. And it's good to acknowledge it. And I just couldn't find a way to do it. I tried to write about it head on. I tried to write it dogmatically. You know, we know that doesn't work. I tried to write it quite raw and it just felt like a, a, an annoying diary entry, if you know what I mean. So it really wasn't working, uh, but I was really wanted to, I wanted something in the book. So it was one of the last poems that came to me that went into the manuscript for the book. And I, what happened was I often go writing in galleries with poet friends of mine. So that day I was with Kate Potts and Karen McCarthy Wolf, both brilliant poets. And we mm-hmm. were writing in a gallery and um, we, we, we take it in turns choosing something, one of the pieces randomly to write about. The randomness helps and we just all, all, always beforehand we talk about what project we're working on so that it's fresh in our mind and we can get the artwork to sort of rub up against our project ideas, if you like. And we came across this fantastic photographic and uh, 16mm film exhibition by Joanna uh, Piostra, I think is how you say it. She's, she's Polish. This was in, it's in 2019 in Tate Britain. And it's all these fantastic poses uh, that that women are striking. So it's very much in the domestic setting. Uh, but they were sort of poses, which I think relate to women's empowerment or women's violence. There's like comments on that. But also they were very much focusing on self-protection, psychological relationships and power d- dynamics and how we relate to each other in these photographs of poses, with sometimes with one w- woman and sometimes with more than one. And she had this 16 millimeter film and I totally was transfixed by it to the point where Kate and um, uh, Karen were sort of l- far away saying, come on, Kath. Like they were far away from me and I was still transfixed with this little video thinking, poses, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's physical. It's physical, this disability, this emotion that's caught in my body with climate anxiety. It's absolutely physical. So I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote at quite a pace and didn't know what I was doing or writing about at the time so much. Um, and yeah, and I guess realised later on that that's what I was writing about. I was writing about this difficult climate anxi- climate change anxiety, if you like. Um, so, so it has quite an interesting story of how it came about. I'm fascinated by this, Kath, because you know, obviously I was looking at the poem this week, thinking about this recording, and something I wrote down was you're trying to find a stance in the poem you're trying to fight because there's all these different stances you have towards the world and for you to say firstly it was really you you tried all different ways to to get started on the poem and then that it came from an exhibition of of photographs of stances or poses i think is is really fascinating because that's that's what for me at least that's what came through really strongly in the poem was that this is somebody who knows something's important and they they're trying to work out their relationship to that and you do it in a beautifully physical way you know you're you're holding it in, up in a hand you're snuggling it like a cushion you're you're chasing it and and so on i mean how did that Evolved? Did it? I mean, the, what we have on the page is—is is, how close is this to the first draft that you made there in the gallery? Oh, it's um, 
I don't know how close. It's about half the length. <laughs> well, probably more. It's maybe it's about three times the length that <laughs> oh, I wrote in the gallery. <laughs> it was a lot of notes. I was just writing furiously. It sort of hooked into something in me really deep. And I just kept writing and writing and writing. And it was, and so I had a lot of notes to get through, quite a lot of different poses, you might say. A long yeah. list is a yeah. list poem. Um, and yes. I had to really whittle that down to um, the ones that really said what I wanted them to say about the issue and the ones that were a bit more original, a bit stronger. So, um, yeah, that, and, and they, it felt to me like a, it, it was like individual poses in a way because some of these emotions that I think you can feel with the, the weight of climate change are very isolating, disconnected emotions, actually. And one of the difficult things for me was sort of linking them together. You know, I couldn't. So that's why the poses, you know, help me. One day it's one thing and one, one day it's another thing uh, that I'm dealing with. You know, sometimes it's overwhelmed. Sometimes I feel like I'm contributing in some useful way to the world. So, um, yeah, the, it felt <clears throat> really to have them as sort of separate instances just seemed to click. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's what I found so powerful and relatable was it's the impossibility of relating to something so big. I mean, there's the absurdity. You know, when you say how I hold the world, I mean, it's like Atlas holding up the world, except, of course, none of us are Atlas. Um, but then you say I hold it in one hand. It's like you're Gulliver and there's this tiny little thing. Um, and it's, it's almost feels like this quite often it feels like the size of a cat or a little pet i mean talking of of list poems it reminded me of my cat jeffrey you know christopher smart where <laughs> he's talking about you know sometimes my cat washes behind its ears sometimes it scratches sometimes it it rolls upon prank and so on but this is a glorious list of poses isn't it in a way we do say often quite flippantly don't we oh we can save the world by doing this or by buying different washing up liquid or something right. and and I'm not saying those things don't matter they do small things always do and sometimes you feel like you can hold part of the world in your hand by changing your focus in some way or by buying something different or by deciding where your money goes so I think I think sometimes you you know for me I do get a sense that you can hold something in your hand and it can be quite small as well as sometimes yeah. being this overarching, you know, uh, imposing, overwhelming, scary thing that we're heading for with climate change. And I'm hearing that word sometimes again from you. You know, sometimes you feel this, sometimes you feel that, sometimes it seems, sometimes there's a moment of empowerment or whatever. Was that word sometimes there from the start in, the, in that draft? Yeah, it was actually. That was from the gallery. It just came out from the gallery. I think it was. Or if it wasn't from the gallery reading, it was writing. It was fairly soon after. Um, because, yeah, it, each one of them, each one of the poses in a sense was incomplete because, yeah. and they were a sometimes or a, I'm not sure. And, and, and the poses that I was working from in the gallery were real kind of, they were poses that were, almost quite, not quite natural. They were sort of like should have been in motion, but they weren't, if I'm making sense. Mm -hmm. So that way you felt that sort of uh, sense of frozenness more, if you like, because they looked like a pose where, they, you know, there should be something that's moving from one pose to another, um, but they're stuck in one pose. Okay, well, let's see. If, if this is online in any shape or form, then I will put a link in the show notes. Um, so do check those out if you're listening and you want to see the, the source of Kath's inspiration 
So, um, Kath, another line that caught my attention was near the end where you say, I want the little things to be what matters most again. And it struck me that maybe that's a poet wish, because very often we're comfortable with the little details, aren't we, the significant, rather than the, the big declarative statement. Would, would you say that's true? As a poet, you would rather be writing about other things, but this thing is intruding? Oh, absolutely. I would rather be writing about other things. (laughs) I would rather be writing about how lovely nature is because, you know, there's a lot of talk of eco-poetry, isn't there? But I think ecology, nature, it's always been utterly, utterly core to poetry. I mean, it's always been our, Mm -hmm. you know, go-to for things, any kind of imagery and things like that. It's always been really crucial. So I think it would be great to just be writing about that again. and. I do feel a little bit like, I guess, yeah, having to write about these bigger things as much as we're also having to turn our attention to it at the moment, or we should be at least. Well, you know, I for one am glad that you did rise to the challenge. I mean, I was trying to work out if it was reassuring or discouraging that someone like you, who's much more informed about all this stuff than I am, that you feel equally disempowered, at least sometimes. So, um, any last things to say, Kath, before we hear the poem again? Um, I know. I suppose I don't know if it's worth or interesting to know that. I suppose I wanted the longer lines and to make them feel a bit irregular and a bit uncontrolled. Um, mm. the, the poem started off very much being because I do often edit in evenly even uh, even length lines. Yeah, and. Um, even talking to my my mentor about this, who want who said no, make it even, and I said I oh, really can't, not for this, not for this. Oh, so true, it was it? a yeah. rare time when I pushed and said no, I really think it's got to be um, varying length, a little bit uh, out of control. That each of them are individual huh. poses. So it's quite it, it's kind of unusual in a in a way uh, from other other pieces in the book. Yeah, you're right because you're really quite disciplined. You know, if you just flick through the book visually. You, yeah. you know, it's all quite, um, quite neat in, in terms of the, you can see the discipline and the line length and yeah, you've let it go a bit here, haven't you? Which is absolutely on, on theme, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's like the poem pushing back at me, actually. You know, sometimes you just have to listen, don't you? Yeah. Well, let's let the poem push back and we'll, we'll hear it again. So thank you, Kath. How I Hold the World in This Climate Emergency by Kath Drake Sometimes I hold world in one hand, my life in the other, and I get cricks in my neck as the balance keeps swinging, I walk uneasily. Sometimes I am bent over with the sheer weight of world, eyes downcast, picking up useful things from the ground. Sometimes one shoulder is pulling toward an ear as if it's trying to block the ear from hearing, but can't reach. Sometimes my body is a crash mat for world. I want to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but don't say it aloud. I'm privileged, so I should be able to do something. 
Sometimes I lie on my side and grasp world like a cushion. I'm soft and young and don't feel I can change anything. I nudge world with affection, whispering, I know, I know. Sometimes I build a cubby from blankets thrown across furniture. There's only inside, no outside. When I was a child, world was a small dome and change came summer by summer. Sometimes I make a simple frame with my arms to look at world. I'm not involved directly. It carries on without me. This way, I can still love the sky, its patterns of clouds and contrails. Sometimes I'm chasing world through the woods, bursting with hope and adrenaline. Oh God, am I running? I want to keep moving. My mouth is full of fire. Some days I like bread and milk. I just get on with pouring and buttering. I want the little things to be what matters most again. Sometimes I hold little. I'm limp and ill. Days barely exist. It's enough to make soup. How I Hold the World in This Climate Emergency by Kath Drake was highly commended in the Ginkgo Prize. It's published in her collection The Shaking City, published by Seren Books, which was highly commended in the 2020 Forward Prizes for Poetry. Her pamphlet Sleeping with Rivers won the Seren Muslexia Poetry Pamphlet Prize and was a Poetry Book Society choice. Kath is an award-winning journalist and non-fiction writer with a specialism in environmental issues. She teaches writing in the UK, Australia and online. Her website is kathdrake.com. A Mouthful of Air is a poetry podcast hosted by Mark McGuinness. New episodes are released every other Tuesday. If you enjoy the show and you'd like to help me reach more poetry lovers, you can do this by telling a friend about it or by taking a few seconds to leave a rating or even a brief review on Apple Podcasts. If you would like a full transcript of Every episode sent to you via email, including the poem text, you can sign up for this at amouthfulofair.fm slash subscribe. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can find all the links as well as a full episode archive at amouthfulofair.fm. The music and soundscapes for the show are created by Javier Whaler. Sound production is by Breaking Waves and visual identity by Irene Hoffman.
A Mouthful of Air is produced by the 21st Century Creative with support from Arts Council England via a National Lottery Project grant. Thank you for listening. I'll be back soon with another poem.